Hashtag Psychotherapy Unfogged with Mark Fielding Hello, um, welcome to Series 4, Episode 7 of Hashtag Psychotherapy Unfogged. As you know, I'm Mark Fielding, psychotherapist and relationship counsellor and your host. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Keith Saggers, uh, um, self-mastery facilitator and co-director of Seismic Jump. Keith has also worked as a TV creator and producer and has won awards for his children's animated TV series, The Flaming Thongs. He is a creator of Pathfinder Resurgence and facilitator of The Core System, a package of one-to-one and group life coaching and self-mastery performance programs, seminars, workshops, retreats, speeches, and Q&A sessions. Uh, I hope I got all that right, Keith. <laughs> yes, it's quite a lot, isn't it? <laughs> you do a lot. Yeah, no, you, you covered it all. Thank you so okay, much, Mark. Brilliant. Well, listen, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on, Keith. This can be a really interesting uh, interview. You know, you bring so much to the table. I say that often, you know, but uh, it's always true. I mean, I, I always kick off the show, Keith, by just asking our guests um, just what personal experiences led you into the field and obviously say as much or as little as you're happy with. Mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a little um, thumbnail on that one. It's very simple. Uh, as a 12-year-old boy, uh, born and raised actually in a very small country town in Australia, quite uh, quite small, 650 people, surrounded by, um, you know, um, lots of farmland, a lot of wheat fields and uh, horses and cattle and sheep. And I always had a very big interest in the uh, the geography of the area, which was quite isolated, uh, but had a giant big hill in it, which I used to climb and get up on the top of the rocks and look down. And I used to look down at the little country town and go, I'm not defined by what I'm seeing, but I enjoy looking as part of the landscape. I enjoyed it very much. But I had the privilege, Mark, um, of then my father sending me to college in the city of Perth, um, quite some distance away, to live with my grandfather, uh, and grandmother and my grandfather per chance happened to have been at the age of 14 a young pioneer drover what they used to call an overlander coming from victoria all the way across the hinterland of australia including the simpson desert and and obviously you know the um, the harsh conditions of all that would have been like and then making that journey across with a thousand head of cattle and how he got to the other side to western australia um well, quite frankly, it's a miracle. So he used to tell me the stories of that when I lived with him. So he just basically gave me a character study on resilience, fortitude, loyalty, honesty, and um, the spirit, the spirit to the fighting spirit, as you might like to call it that way. So that's what started it. And I've never stopped since. Mm. Yeah. And you talk a lot, you know, on, on your LinkedIn kind of page about ascendancy and, you know, and, and that's really coming through, even in what you've just said there. I mean, I guess I imagine you kind of looking down initially as a young child and I'm thinking, oh, yes. connection with nature. And then with the droving, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I guess so. So really throughout your early life, I mean, you mm. were kind of associated with you know, things like internal resilience, nature or all yes. of these big feelings, really, these big, yes, big feelings, personal characteristics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Courage, courage and bravery as well. I guess that's sorry, just just those two little yeah. words. Yeah, I mean, could you say a little bit more about about that, Keith? Courage and bravery. Yes, look, it's very interesting. I mean, bravery is an outcome. Courage is the core attribute. I guess you could put it that way. 
Um, again, I go back to my grandfather. Like I can remember one great story he, used to, he told me when you were crossing the Nullarbor, where there were very few water holes and there were you know very few uh, creeks that were full, but they they um, were basically facing what all the early pioneers that came out from the Europe, in particular Great Britain, faced when they got to Australia in the hinterland, and that was no water. So they called it the Great Parish, the Great Parish, and yeah. a lot of people died as you as you know the history of Australia died, you know, going out and explorers, a lot of them died because they couldn't get the water. So I remember him telling me once, you know, we had a thousand head of cattle, Keith, and we were two thirds of the way across. We just got through the Sahara, you know, the Nullarbor Desert, got to the Simpson. And he said, we knew there was a, a water creek. We knew there was a water creek because it had been sort of passed down by folklore. So they had a thousand head of cattle, very thirsty, 25 horses, thirsty, about 15, 16 catalogs, all thirsty, and themselves of about 25 of them. Well, when they got there, it was empty. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. empty. And he said, for a brief moment, like it seemed as if all the, the flies stopped flying and the birds stopped talking and the cattle stopped moving. And we all sort of like were frozen like statues, he said. And, and the realization was, well, you know, you can't go back, but you've got to go forward. Yeah. And he said, that moment of, really basically courage within to say, I, we, we will do this. We will do this. Um, and he did. And many times proved to be the case was that what I would say, forging character incidents yeah. take place in his life, remembering he was only 14. So by the time he got to tell me the stories and I took them on board, that's where courage. And then the bravery to follow up on your convictions, you know, they say courage of your convictions, but you're going to have bravery to act them out. Yeah, you know, look at what's yeah. going on in Ukraine. The bravery to act yeah. out the conviction that we will not be dominated by another country. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And 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 I guess if I link into you know to your work now, really, I mean, there's so much overlap, isn't there? I mean, I just yeah. wonder, Keith, could you tell us a little, tell us a little bit about your programs and you know just everything you bring to you know to your. I mean, it's much more than just your work, isn't it? I mean, I'm calling it your work, but, you know, it's a kind of a, it's a vocation, isn't it, really? It's a vocation. It's yeah. a calling. Um, I've, I've had this calling all my life. I've always reached yeah. out to help people. And when I was a senior high school teacher, I ran a very special class, which I created for the disadvantaged at-risk kids in the school. Yeah. That was my curriculum. And that was based on uh, know thyself, be thyself, see thyself. And... Um, which is, you know, we've known that's been around for a long time, but I actually found a way to put that into technology terms and build a, a program around that. And um, that's what led me to where I am today. So over a period of what, since the age of 12 until now, coming into like the last quarter of my lifespan, and that's a true story, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never given up wanting to ask why and how uh, can I myself continue to have the self-awareness to, to improve yeah. and then create a course. Now, what I've done, I have a new business partner. He's a young man of 23. His name is Matthew Cariwana. Oh, we've, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. We've interviewed yeah. him on the show, you know. Have we've you? had him on the oh. show, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're now business partners. That's uh, Seismic Jump is Matthew and I. Yeah. And that's based on the premise that there's only way is up. And nothing's out of reach. And yeah. So, um, yeah. and he recently attempted the Guinness World Record in uh, towel pull-ups to prove that yeah. nothing is out of reach. Which I is saw great. that. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. A lot of people have. There's been a tremendous positive response because this yeah. is actually, this is actually all our aspirations and hopes and dreams. Instead of sitting idly at the back of our things, a wish list, 
we put it as a bucket list. You've got to action it. You've got to action it. Yeah. So we've created a very special priority course. We haven't yet launched it uh, too much, um, but we're hinting at it all. And it's to do with mind, body, spirit as an integrated force field, yeah. not as in rhetoric, because a lot of people are talking about the mind, the body, spirit. And that goes off into another aspect of, I guess you'd call it some of the self-growth areas. Yeah. So we're actually more involved in transformation. And we then operationalize the combined force field of mind, body, spirit through three key uh, attributes, which everyone talks about, but very few people really know how to do it. And that is self-awareness, meeting self-knowledge. So self-awareness derives and comes out into self-knowledge, which means then, so, okay, you, you've had your self-awareness, I'm feeling cold or I'm feeling hot or I'm feeling anxious, or I'm feeling fearful, yeah. I'm feeling happy or whatever. But then you've got to... You've got to forge that into your self-knowledge and your values and your belief systems. And then out of those, you then get this combustion. And that combustion derives into what is the ultimate, that is self-mastery. Now, a lot of people have talked about self-mastery over the years, and we know it's been around a long time. And we know everyone's talking about self-awareness and mindfulness. We've gone way beyond that, mm -hmm. way beyond that. Um, and that's what our new program is being developed as. So this is a bit of a world first. I'm letting you know about it here because yeah. uh, we're about to do it. And then we've got a another thing that we're doing, which all builds into everything you just talked about, Mark, is we're developing. Um, we, we have a thought that hope is hopeless unless there's action. We've all got hopes and wishes and, and, and things, but yeah. it's left in the, you know, oh, I hope this will happen and I hope that will happen and I wish tomorrow and, so we've actually taken another relook at the word hope yeah. and bringing it in some new energy and revitalizing it. And it's going to be an informing principle of our program because people hope they're going to be a, a, a better performer tomorrow. They hope they're going to be a better husband, wife or son or daughter. So they hope they'll have a better job, but we're actually, we are actually bringing a technology. And here's a core thing to it all, Mark. I think you've, find this appealing in technology that you're involved in there yeah. is I held a course once I was asked out of the blue quickly could you come in and run a course for two hours with a group of um, high-tech wizards um, they're in a very great big workshop and I walked in there and it was the second morning of their of this workshop they're in and they were frazzled and there was about 25 of them I think Mark all sitting at long tables all had laptops and desktops and and mobile phones and everything was Everything was there at their fingertips. And I looked at them and they thought, and they took one look at me and they went, oh, God, here's another guy coming to tell us what to do, you know, about IT and everything. <laughs> and I, I could feel this anxiety and I could feel also this apprehension and also fatigue. And I went, well, I've got some really good news. I haven't come in to talk to you about IT at all. Is that okay with everyone? Oh, all of a sudden there's a little smile here. There was a little smile there. And I said, um, can I ask you a question? Do you, do you mind? And they said, no, no, please. I said, raise your hand if you believe you've got all the technologies that you need at your fingertips. And, of course, it was long. They all put their hands up because it was right in front of them. I said, good. Now, here's the really important question. How many of you, raise your hands, how, and there's no right and wrong answer, raise your hands, how many of you have got the inner technology to make that technology and your lives work better? Not a single hand went up. Fascinating question. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Not, not a single question. And, of course, now with the world we live in, it's become even more relevant and it's a very important part of what I do. 
because essentially what we're talking about is you know using modern terms of course modern technology human technology or inner engineering all these things yeah. finding different ways to say what the the ancients have been saying for years yeah but really that's the core of this now think of it this way people talk about they'll do mindfulness training and then they'll do meditation and they'll do this and they're looking for that that particular silver bullet they can do in you know like anywhere between five minutes and 50 days in a cave but <laughs> or longer or longer yes i don't know 30 yeah. years up in the mountains and i don't mind all roads lead to rome if you know yeah where that road needs to go mm-hmm. and if you know that it's not just to get peace of mind and you know it's not just to get a sense of calmness they're all good attributes but if you actually know it's to know thyself and people are now talking more and more know thyself know thyself again and uh a lot of people go, oh, that sounds great. I'll go and do this course and I'll do that course and I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And they go and do it and they come out five days later and they've forgotten the whole lot because it wasn't experiential. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and you know yourself, Mark, from your background, if you don't actually really feel it, I mean, if you feel fear, you hold on to it too long, I will admit. But if you don't actually feel a little sense of um, resonance within you that you have touched your core self, then the rest of it's just rhetoric to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I challenge people to do that and I give them exercises to do. And then I'll say, have you felt it resonate to your true self, like a tuning fork? And they go, oh my God, that's a good way to put it. No, it didn't. Well, let's try it again then. And then they do it. And it's only when you talk like this, Mark, and you give people these little guidelines, as you know, you're not, you're only, like you say, you take the horse to the trough to drink, but you can't make them drink. No. So all I want to do is be a guide and a facilitator to provide some resources external to them, which they can then play with and experience and then draw into themselves Mm. and forge their own inner resources, which will be resilience in particular. Because, um, and a lot of things now, as we know, Mark, all the stats are coming out post the COVID now with people going back to work and not wanting to go back and the economic problems and supply. There's... You must be getting a lot. I mean, that's this whole um, what I call hyper fatigue is in the in the in the ether. Yeah. Hyper fatigue, hyper anxiety, hyper fear. Yeah. You wrap that up. We're not really equipped. We're not actually equipped to really look at that properly and deal with it. We're a bit like more. We should be looking at it more from the lens of. What is the training that a special operative has to go through? What is a what is they have to go through? Because they have to build resilience, calmness, cohesion within themselves. Mm. Um, and they don't sit around and do a lot of mindfulness training. They do a lot of in the moment training, which yeah. brings mindfulness. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I looked at when I when I kind of initially kind of looked at your looked at your, well looked at your LinkedIn page. Really, I guess the word transcendent. I mean, that was the word that kind of crossed yeah. my mind. And and there's so much in what you've just said. I mean, the action part, just to pick up on that. Yeah, so important. Yeah, because I guess hope is is great. I mean, it, you know, it's good to hope, yeah. but without action, it's nothing. It, it's it, it's kind of empty. Yeah, I mean, we can hope for things, of course, but you know, taking action and also the holistic nature of your program. And when you when you were talking about mind body spirit and intelligence and the kind of force field i mean i you know i mean this this might be the wrong terminology but i think high state consciousness it's it's very very transcendent you're looking for people to to rise above 
their socially constructed self. I mean, for, I'm struggling to find the I word, think, Ellie. But yes, yeah. no, that's a really yeah. that, that's a perfect way of putting it. I think socially yeah. constructed. I mean, we are, as we know, our mind is actually really just a repository of memories. Yeah, and, and, and things like you know, without those, you'd have no mind. We wouldn't be knowing how to think. So we know our mind is actually just a giant like library of repository of all sorts of knowledge and things and beliefs and that, but it's not actually, um, it's not something that you really you should say. Well, I am my mind. You're not your mind. Your mind is oh, itself. Yeah, yeah. So and true. People say that. Oh, I'm I'm out of my mind and I'm this and they say, well, hold on. Um, I always say this is a little thing you might find this a bit funny, but I say to people, can you just for a moment, just supposing your mind was a library and we took it mm. and we put it over on the table. So your mind, which is is on the table now. Yep. Okay. Have you done that? Yeah, I've done that. And just think that your body is just a repository of all the foods and fluids you've taken to your body. So it's just a mountain of, you know, like nutrients. Mm -hmm. Put that over next to the mind. Have you done that? Yeah. Now tell me what's left. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, what, what do people say? They go, they actually stop. They get goosebumps. They go, oh my God, I've got some space for the first time. I feel, I said, that space that you're feeling now is actually the space of heightened consciousness yeah that's the space that yeah. you know um and then of course uh you know look the eastern mystics have talked about the the you know the eastern yeah. the indians had guru and everyone uh, and uh you know all the way through to uh, joe dispenser and all these people talking it's that space between yeah. this consciousness and then we talk about, um, as, as you know, Mike, we talk about metacognition. A lot yeah. of people don't actually think about what they're thinking. They don't. Great. And yeah. If they were to do a bit more like that, they'd be very mindful. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a, you know, I mean, that, I mean, I'm a bit. I, I use mindfulness in my practice. I mean, I, you know, I yeah. meditate. I, mindfulness has literally changed my life. And when you talk about metacognition, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, if, if you're sitting in a position of metacognition and watching your thoughts, then you have it's it's a it's a it's a higher state of consciousness, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and and believing your thought, I mean, we can't believe our thoughts, can we? Our thoughts can say all oh, sorts of things. Oh you know? yes, absolutely. yeah, and because because it's a constructed within the ego, and, re- and that's a bit of a rabbit hole. But yeah. picking up on the word transcendent, which is a very it's assimilated to our ascendancy intelligence. We we just work on the premise that. Everything yeah. wants to grow, even the weeds in the grass, you know, everything the little stunted animals appear. Everything yeah. wants to continue to grow. So true. Yeah. And, and I was with a client one day, Mark, and we're, we're looking out a window, and there's this magnificent set of trees. One was really huge. And, and I said to the client, I said, um, Do you see that giant tree out there? How tall it is? And they said, Yeah. I said, Remembering that began under the ground and then grew up through the ground. And they said, Yep. Yeah wondering where I was going with it. And I said, yeah. well, did at any time did the tree stop and say, you know what, I've grown halfway, I don't need to go any further. <laughs> I said, it kept going, didn't it? I said, well, so why do human beings say, hey, you know, I've gone as far as I want and now I'm going to retire. And I'm, but growth actually has a natural lifespan. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and, and, and I guess this is what your program is all about. Yes. It's facilitating, you know, the natural pr- propensity that we all have in us, which is, you know, society kind of pushes down, unfortunately, of just growing, really, of just growing, growing. you know, developing higher, higher consciousness, more awareness. Your facility, your program facilitates that in others, really. It helps. Correct, it does. Yeah. yeah. And and that one of the words that that ascendancy comes into transcendence is this is that it's a bit like Abraham Maslow said, actually, just not long before he died, he didn't uh, publish it, but he had the theory of Zed. 
which was, you know, basically this, that he actually said there was another level above self-actualization. And he said, it's actually transcendence okay. of consciousness, as you yeah. know. Yeah. A lot of people I've mentioned to him, they, they look at me with like amusement. And they said, oh, I thought he just, and I said, he didn't create the pyramid at all. He had this sense of hierarchy, but, you know, people got hold of him, made a graphic and made a pyramid and it's magical. And it's just, <laughs> <Yeah. you know. laughs> I love that. It's but, everywhere, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. And he was annoyed. Apparently he, he yeah. writes, I'm so annoyed. I don't know who did that. I wish they had never done that. <laughs> But um, the, coming back to what you're saying is I work on the premises that if growth is your natural inherent blueprint, which yeah. is part of the survival of the species, right? The species doesn't survive if it doesn't at least have some expansion, some growth, does it? Yeah. Which means basically, and we do tend to think of growth as an ascendancy and we do think it as a, you know, yeah. a vertical growth of some description. And we see it in the plants, we see it in animals, we see it in ourselves. Yeah. So when you stop all of that um, through self-sabotaging, you can blame others, you know, there's always that. People are doing it more than they realize. And so today we've got a, a negative frequency running around the world of people going, well, someone else is to blame for this and someone else is to blame for that. Yeah, but yeah, it's only up to you to have uh, an enjoyable life if you choose to have it, even in the worst of situations as they are proving now in Ukraine. So, well, in a nutshell, mate, that's what the whole thing's about is um, take up the challenge, do it yeah. yourself. It's a do it do-it-yourself process and we we just provide the tools and help and the assistance and facilitation to take you really basically inward yeah where you do all the work yourself yeah yeah and you know and the work yeah i mean i guess you're working with the individuals you know but i mean the personal opinion you know but arguably you know i think humanity really needs to raise its levels of you know it needs to ascend doesn't it in order to save the planet i mean for the, i mean that's the most important yeah. thing but yeah, and and also just made just going back to Matt, you know, I mean, he's he, I mean, he he's such an inspirational kind of person. I mean, and, and I guess you you both live it really. I mean, through your lives, you've both kind of lived it. I'm kind of moving around a little bit. I just, I wanted to ask yeah. about your experience with martial arts. I mean, you used to, um, oh, struggling to read my notes, but you used to be the proprietor of an inner city Sistema Russian martial arts school. And of course, that links into what we're talking about. I wonder whether yeah. you could say a bit more yeah. about that and kind of how it links into your life yeah. now and your program. Well, I have to say it's a, it's a very important part of it because the yeah. the whole the whole thing of Sistema, which whilst it is a martial art, is based on the four pillars. So it's actually a health system. Ironically, um, it's not it's not designed to go out and beat people up like karate or boxing yeah. or any of those. So it's made up of. The four pillars of life that is breathing relaxation posture and movement yeah. now th those four things most people don't know how to breathe properly as you know they don't breathe from the diaphragm no, no. Uh, so there's a problem so they're walking around with too much excess tension they're not relaxed unless they're doing their meditation or mindfulness or on holiday but they're generally most of the year they're they're in you know basically as i say in excess tension mode yeah uh, their posture reflects those previous two and their movement is actually very fragile it's very fragile unless you're sports orientated so what sistema is about is about know thyself so adjudicate those four things in yourself like mm. at any minute in time you could say am i breathing from my diaphragm am i relaxed while i'm breathing or have i got tension in my right shoulder or you know etc uh, am i actually Am I, am I actually positioned form-wise to take advantage of my body? Like, you know, 
And sec thirdly, uh, which is, you know, movement with good balance. So yeah. if you can take those things and bring them into a martial art and then learn how to go into a high performance stages when you go into, we might call it in the old days, flow state or zone, but it's, yeah. it's something, it's a little bit like that, but a little bit more. Mm. And when you're in that state, um, when you're encountering a conflict, whether it be a physical conflict or a verbal conflict or a work conflict, no matter what, you are in such a state of self-mastery and self-control mm. through your self-authenticity yeah. that you can go, I don't need to engage in fear on this one. I don't need to bring any anxiety. I don't need to bring any panic. I'll just be me. Mm. And, of course, it's quite chilling to an opponent. You know, I've seen it in training that, and I've in real-life situation where I had to encounter it once and, an assailant who was like extremely angry and was, yeah. you know, terrible. Yeah. He was beating up his wife and goodness. Of, but I just simply said to him, you know, you really have to stop this in, in a manner of I've spoken to you, not like in gruff and not, not alpha male mode. Yeah. And he's, he looked at me like he's a bit stunned first off at my tone of voice. Yeah. He said, well, what the effing is business is of yours? I said, well, it really isn't. And you're right to say that to me. However, I can't allow you to continue what you're doing. And that is, you know, beating up a woman. And uh, and he went, you know, he got all bravado. Yeah. Oh, I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And I said, well, I said, okay, well, I've got one question for you now. He's looking at me. So I waited and I paused and I said, Are you absolutely certain this is what you want to happen? And now he read between the lines, like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. He just looked at my face, which was like I'm talking to you. And I said it like I'm talking to you, Mark. Yeah. He's, for about 15 seconds, he froze, and it just registered in his mind, this guy's way too calm. Like, who is he? Is he, you know, what is he? You know, what is he? How could he yeah. be talking to me like this? Yeah. And he's obviously used to getting away with being a very aggressive person. Yeah. He turned around and walked about, oh, I guess, about 15 feet away, turned around and tried to rev it up again. I said, I've still got the question for you. He ran. He ran. <laughs> so the, the, I mean, I'm not showing any bravado. I just just describing like through a calm demeanor. Yeah. Of feeling nothing other than look, I feel sorry for you because you obviously got some problems. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm asking you, are you sure you want to do this? Because whatever happens now, this will be on you. Yeah. I mean, I've, and, and I guess I look at kind of where you are in that in that example, and I think, yeah, it's almost like I think it's almost counterintuitive. I mean, there's you're, you're grounded in your authentic self, but there's also a transcendent part, isn't there? That, yes. that is getting, there's quite a lot going on, you know, and that, that again, yeah. I guess, links to the mind, body, spirit, the integrated field. Yeah. It's it's it very does. holistic, isn't it? Which yeah. I love, and you, I love that, and you've got, to, and you must activate the three: the mind, the body, the yeah. spirit. Like a lot of people will activate the mind, which is the worst thing to do because that's where the three brains are. Yeah, yeah. The mind, the mind <laughs> is troublesome. Yeah, yeah, and, and the body yeah. thinks it can do things maybe it can't carry out, you know. But anyway, yeah. that's where this guy was. He was locked in those two, but he had no spirit, and I was full of spirit. And that's where you know, look, people can move anything with spirit as you know not in the terms of religious sense but you know we talk about the uh, the fighting spirit the uh, australia we talk about the anzac spirit that's just simply the the spirit that says lift you up out of the trenches and run forward yeah that's so true yeah 
it's again transcendent isn't it it's it, it's rise, yeah. bring, raising people above you know their core kind of socially constructed self I, I mean i also yes. wanted to I, I ask you this i know when we uh when we initially met and for, for chat before the interview i wanted to ask you to say a bit more about dynamic mindfulness because that was a concept mm. i i'd never come across really liked yes. it i mean could you perhaps yeah. say a bit more about yes. that yes yeah. absolutely and so i, I guess uh perhaps looking at it this way i know that um, mindfulness is about being aware and we you know there's lots of examples and you teach it and that is you could be sitting there and be notice the breath going in and notice this and notice the the texture of the wind on your skin and all, all of those kind of awareness protocols mm. um and modalities that come with all of that and, and that's true to a degree but there's a thing called dynamic mindfulness which is not new to me it's part of what we do in systema it's also very much starting to get a hold in America now. And that is this. when The clue to it is this, Mark. When you look at kids playing, like without realising they're being watched or they're playing football or whatever yeah. it is, have you noticed how they are in? They are actually in a state of awareness because they they're, they're very aware. Yeah. But they're playing in that awareness. Yeah, true. And yeah. And that has always struck with me as a kid, whenever I was playing sport or wrestling and all that, I always found that I was in this altered state of consciousness. Yeah. And it was only because when I was doing movement that I was in that mark, you know, mm. now people can get into it. I know through, you know, through meditation and being very still and being very, very still is a bit different to, to, to really understand the yogic understanding, as you know, with mindfulness and meditation, that is unity of one. And that's what I get when I'm in a mindful, dynamic, mindful position, like when I'm running somewhere or I'm playing a sport mm. uh, or doing a martial art. I'm actually, I'm in an absolute, almost hypnotic trance, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and, and that only comes out of like, I know my, and this goes back to my granddad. Um, when he was on the horseback, like they're all, you know, God, it was chaos out there and amongst all the dust and the flies and everything and he said you know keith um you get to learn a lot about yourself and where you're at when you're on the back of a horse and there's cattle going this way and there's dogs over here and people cracking whips yeah. he said but you know what you get so used to all of that around you because you're focused on being as one with the horse and the horse is one with the with the earth yeah. And so from ground to horse to you, you're all you're in a vertical kind of relationship. Yeah. And you feel as if the horse is moving almost in a spirit sense across the ground. Now I can recall that being told to me, and I'm a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, you would think a 12-year-old boy would go, that's a lot of that's just not, I don't know what you mean, Granddad, but I knew instinctively what he was talking about. Mm. Yeah. And I have experienced it constantly and constantly and constantly when I'm with people. And there might be some sort of chaos going on, Mark, and people go, yeah. they'll look at me and they go, what, what's going on for you? Because you don't seem to be engaged in all of this. Yeah. But you're engaged in it, but you're not engaged in it. And I said, well, um, you know, it's a little bit like um, if you don't have that space where the mind and the body are over here, you don't find where that space is. You know, this hyperspace we were talking about earlier, yeah. then you will get caught up in the minutiae of life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely. I mean, that that's a really, really beautiful kind of demonstration of 
I don't know the kind of I get transcendent. I mean, it's so difficult to yes. put this stuff into words, isn't it? And I, yes. I think I have yeah. a you know when when you're kind of talking about it and what your grandfather said and his experience, I think I have a you know a real inner understanding of that. But then trying to put that into words, which I guess you yeah. had to do for your program, isn't it? It's quite difficult to put this stuff into words sure. because we feel it. Well, don't we? Yeah. Yes, and that's the clue. It is experiential. So even when yeah. I'm describing it to you and you're taking it on cognitively as you yeah. are. And maybe having some resonance and feeling with it. Yeah. Unless we were together and you were doing part of the exercise I was giving you. Yeah. You, you really, and that's why I'm, I'm against people running um, all these methodologies. And, you know, I, I, nothing against it. All everyone's got a different way of going about it. But only when you're with a person, only when you're with a human being, another yeah. human being, can you really grasp it? And that's the whole essence of great teachers going off to see gurus. You have to be there to experience it. Yeah. And I know it's been very convenient to have all those technologies like you and I've got today, yeah. but I still think we've got to be careful. We don't usurp all of that yeah. with just the technology um, because, yeah. you know, uh, there's something about if you want to teach someone how to really play tennis or golf or wrestling or boxing, you really can't just do it through the screen. You've got to actually yeah. be there to calibrate. You know what I mean? Yeah, to kind of you. I, I guess you take. I mean, I work a lot on Zoom. And Zoom is fine, you know. I think Zoom is good for therapy. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, but I guess if you're if you're learning something, if you're sitting with a guru, it's more than just yeah. a spoken word, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's the energy feel. I mean, you know, it, it, it there's a lot more going on, unconscious communication, yeah. all of that. I mean, moving yeah. around just a little bit. I know we're running out yeah. of time, but I have okay. to ask you about the flame, flaming thongs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes. our listeners will be really interested to hear more about that. Is it yes. okay just well, to ask a bit more? Oh, sure. Look, absolutely. Well, it's ironic because um, a friend of mine, I was in Western Australia and he had an art gallery and I was doing some filming and we, we met up. And um, one, we, you know, we went out, we were into a barbecue after a period of time saying hi to each other. And he, and he was talking to me, how was it I got into being a TV producer of children's programs at Channel 7 in Western Australia, which was the number one station in Australia, the most profitable. And I saw, I just got, I fell into it as a researcher and then I got asked to take them over, got thrown in the deep end. He said, so you, what did you, well, I said, I was sort of the producer of Fat Cat, who was at that time the, the biggest national costume suit character. And then I, the boss would come down and say, Keith, now we want you to create another new show for Fat Cat. And I said, well, what about Zippity Doodah as an idea? And he said, you're good. Now, we've got Percy Penguin. So you've got him as his cohort, which is already built. But you need to create some new characters. So I went down to the giant warehouse and I found some green cloth and I turned over something that looked like a turtle. So I created, I created Thomas Turtle. And then Tristan said to me, Tristan Jones said to me, my partner, he said at the time, he said to become my business partner. And he said, so if we were going to create a, a TV series for children, how would we go about it? And I said, well, see those um, thongs that you've been wearing on your feet, you know, because it's, it's the middle of summer. Mm. He said, yeah, yeah. And I said, look, I picked the thongs up and I said, look, you look at the shape of a thong, it almost could be the shape of a person with the, the, the two bands that come out, could be their arms. He said, oh, I love that idea. Why don't we create it? Why don't we do that now? That night, we created a fictional family called the Flamin' Thongs. They were called the Thongs and they wore thongs. Yeah. And <laughs> we created the father, the mother, the son, the daughter. One of their favourite characters was going to be a cane toad called Rurp. And um, we wrote it down on a napkin and then six months later we raised about eight hundred thousand dollars and we came to sydney to try and get off the ground and two years later we raised four million and it got made and won awards 
Yeah, I, I, I noticed that it won awards. I mean, what a fantastic yeah. project. And yeah. I guess it I guess it just grew fairly intuitively, really. Well, it's it's again, it's ironically how it springboards from my grandfather again, because the story of the Aussie battlers, so the story about the fa- the Thong family, the five of them, live in a little seaside village where there's no no tourists come, there's never any money there. And the father appoints himself as the mayor of the town. So they create a giant thong and put it in the middle of the town square to create some sort of buzz. Uh, but they're always, uh, and the son Holden was always inventing things, but they were always going to blow them up. So they're an endangered species. But somehow, as you always know, with drama, you find a way that they solve the problem. So the family were very loving, very respectful, but always fighting amongst themselves. Uh, but also finding ways to survive. So it was really me living out my childhood in a small country town, which I did. Yeah, I mean, goodness, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if, if people want to, I mean, if people in the UK and people in Australia want to want to see it, uh, is it still available? Well, it's available. Actually, It's we we just, uh, look, it's been running a long time now. We just renewed it again. At the ABC in Australia, which is the national broadcaster, as you know, yeah. they run it irregularly. They keep repeating it on the children's channel called me me so channel uh, abc australia runs on their channel children's channel called me and they run it periodically so they'll run it there's 26 episodes and you can find some of them on youtube um and they basically will be repeating it like four or five times a year there's 26 episodes and they strip they strip run it and um, so it's going to be around for another two years minimum until until the end of 2024. Oh, fantastic! Oh, well, thanks for talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I was fascinated to hear more about it. We've we've come, we've run out of time, but I want to sure. the, the last question I always ask our guests is: What are your go-to coping strategies for sustaining good mental health? I'm probably guessing there's more than one. Um, <laughs> well, what do you do every day, Keith, to, to sustain your mental health? Well, I, I guess there's a number of little things. First off, is I, I'm, I'm on a constant journey of self-evolution. That's what I do every morning. So if you start your day going, well, today I'm going to evolve a little more, yeah. and today I'm going to learn a little more, there's the first beginning foundationals. That's your foundational. Because yeah. if you don't wake up with that mindset, the rest of it's just a hollow stack of cards. Okay? And then out of that, then I'll go, well, now I've, I've scheduled myself. I'm going to have... a for 45 minutes to do some uh, body weight training at home in a functional fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll finish that off with a, uh, this is generally every morning. And then I'll have a, a I call a protein smoothie, which is uh, a smoothie in a Nutribullet. And I put in a cup full of frozen berries, uh, frozen banana, a, a one full banana, half a, um, a full cup of walnuts, a full cup of uh, almonds, a big spoonful of green, um, what they call green powder, which is all the vegetables made into a powder. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then in goes two two teaspoons then of um, of protein powder, and that's how I start my day. This is all part though of respecting the fact that um, I've got to find that space. I look for the space between myself and what's going around here. So when I'm moving through it, I'm not a reactive person. I'm proactively moving through space. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do. They don't have that. And, and look, may I say, this has taken years to get to here. This isn't this isn't the silver bullet. I mean, I had to really, really yeah. apply myself to this, Mark. Yeah. But self-awareness has got to be leading into self-knowledge. 
And those are going to be basically the end result is self-mastery over yourself, but action through um, what I've just been telling you, and that is my own sense of uh, sensibility of life and appreciation of life. But you know, life is never always easy and it's always full of challenges. But every one of those, without it being a cliche, every moment you have a difficulty, think of it as an opportunity. Yeah. So difficulty is an opportunity in reverse, upside down. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. I'm resonating with everything you're saying. I mean, we'll we'll kind of finish the interview there. Yes. I mean, I, I just wanted to say I'm so glad I got to interview you. I mean, I, it's really inspirational. I mean, I, I mean, I feel really, really inspired after talking to you. You know, and, you. I, I, and I really urge our, our listeners to check out your program. It's a it's a very, very inspirational, you know, and also practical program, which, you know, see, so yeah, really, really interesting. It's, it's very practical. It's yeah. it's really it got to be, it's got to be pragmatic. It's got to be practical yeah. and you've got to be able to apply it. Otherwise it's rhetoric. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So thank you so much for coming All on, right. Keith. Good to meet you. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, once again, I'd like to really thank Keith for coming on the show. Um, such an inspiring program um and so interesting you know to hear keith talk about you know some of the some of the early formative experiences with his grandfather which you know led him kind of into the field and into you know working with uh, transformation of consciousness self-mastery um ascendancy um absolutely fascinating and really interesting also to hear about dynamic mindfulness um uh, I'm a big fan of mindfulness, um, but I've, I've never heard that concept, you know, so it's really, really interesting to to hear that. Um, I mean, if you'd like to get in contact with Keith um, in terms of any of his programs, then, you know, just have a look on our social media sites and you'll find all of our links to him. Um, really, really fascinating interview. I guess what I didn't get a chance to ask Keith, which I did want to, I wanted to ask him about the role of self-compassion within his system. Um, because that, that's something that he mentioned when we did the initial uh, pre-podcast talk. Um, but maybe we'll get Keith on again and perhaps I'll ask him a little bit more. Um, and also interesting, you know, with Matt Caruana, um, they've both set up and are co-directors of um, Seismic Jump. Um, I think we have Matt on, I think, in season two or season three. So I did, it was a bit of synchronicity there, really, because uh, when when I approached Keith, you know, I had no idea of the connection with, with Matt. So I think a bit of synchronicity going on. Well, quite a lot of synchronicity going on there. And uh, as I said at the end, really, I, I really wanted to uh, interview Keith. When, he, when I came across him on LinkedIn and I looked at, you know, his programme and kind of what he offers, I thought, wow, you know, it's so fantastic, you know, and this is a bit of a kind of wider statement, you know, but kind of working with raising the level of consciousness in individuals, you know, it's so important, isn't it? I think for the world and for the planet, you know, there's that whole critical mass idea, isn't it? That if consciousness is raised beyond a certain threshold, then, you know, a, a massive shift happens, you know, in the collective, um, which is, you know, obviously much needed. I mean, goodness me. So I think all the people that work in these kind of areas, um, I think are, are very, very important. Um, yeah, and just as always, I, I hope you enjoyed the show. I thought it was a really interesting show. Um, we're going to kind of broaden out a little bit. Um, and we've done that a little bit with with Keith, but we're going to broaden out and look at 
going to have a few more lived experience guests in talking about um, their experiences with mental health, but we're also going to branch out and we're going to have a um, a, a podcast, uh, an interview around kind of psychedelics. Um, so, yeah, for the rest of the series, I think we are going to branch out a little bit. So I hope that's okay with our listeners. Um, and just once again, you know, thank you very much for listening and look after yourselves um, look after each other and look after the planet. I'll see you soon on the next episode. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you have been affected by any of the topics on this show or any other of our shows, um, if you're in the UK, then please reach out. Um, Samaritans can be contacted on 116-123. Now, the GP is also a good source of um, contact and can be the gateway for you know, counselling services and other mental health support. Um, reach out to your mental health support team, um, mental health first aider, um, or trusted friend, colleague, or family member. We have a lot of international listeners. Um, so if you're listening from a non-UK country, um, then please reach out to you know your country's healthcare and mental health care providers. Um, and remember, it's okay not to be okay. Hashtag psychotherapy on fog with Mark Field.